0: Hi, my name's Ryan. I've been a supporter of Paul's for many years now. I wish to get the podcast and video creation part of the system we call Paul back up to full speed. And I think Patreon support is a big part of that system. Go over to patreon.com slash Paul Wheaton. Make a pledge for each artifact that Paul creates. Again, the site is patreon.com slash Paul Wheaton. You can also find the link in the podcast notes. Enjoy the podcast. All right, it's recording. Let's go on. Yay! Pardon me, I see the numbers going. <laughs> yeah. So, um, Rocket Mass Eater Jamboree is coming up, and I think we have more than two dozen projects lined up to do during it. And I think, I mean, I mean the funny thing is, is in the last week we've had four new instructors sign up. And I think we've got um, three more that we're currently talking to. That sounds like we'll get everything worked out, and then they will also come.
1: So right now we have the eight, and we might have three more.
0: Yeah, yeah. So let's just say we have ten instructors. That means that we'll have ten tracks, and of course, lots of squishiness around that. Yes. But um, the the thing is, is like I th- I thought we could record a quick podcast to talk about. Oh, by the way, I'm here with Kyle. Hello, people. Kyle here. <laughs> have you listened to three of my podcasts? Um, maybe three
1: hundred something like that.
0: <laughs> Could it be more than three hundred? It seems like I've talked to you because I've I've got over five hundred and fifty podcasts now.
1: Yeah, I've, I've listened to a lot of the beginning ones and a lot of the end ones. Oh, I'm missing some of them, some in the middle. But There's, okay. All right. All right. Stuff in the middle. I've listened oh. to a lot. To many. Yes. Many.
0: Okay. All right. Um. So, uh, and uh, you've been here in the boot camp. Yep, been yeah. here about five months. Yeah, wow, wow. Um, uh, and I know that some of the cooler projects that have been done
1: around here, that you were running point on those. I, I was involved with some of the really cool projects. I, I enjoyed the uh, greenhouse, um, building the door there, doing some stuff, some dust stuff down here, um, run, helping around the gardens. Getting some good success there.
0: Yeah, cool. All good. Um, all right, Rocket Mass Heater Jamboree, and um, and so what we've done is we've selected I think it's nine, the the nine the the nine lead projects, and so these are the nine that'll probably be started on day one, mm-hmm. and then as they get finished, then whoever was leading that build will then start something new, um, and uh, a lot of big names, um, you know, like Uncle Mudd, Ray Serino. there'll be um, Sky Huddleston, who is, well, you know, we'll talk about them as we go through, I suppose. But there's like one, there's actually three more big names. The other three conversations I'm really, really hoping for are big names in rocket mass heater stuff. And uh, we are so close. And I'm kind of like, why didn't we think of these guys earlier and get things worked out earlier? That's probably my fault. But <clears throat> let's talk about the actual buildy-builds. All right. Number one. Um,
1: let's see. Rocket-assisted solar food dehydrator. So I have seen the project that was started during, was during Skip or PDJ. During the PDJ. Right. Um, and it's, I'd say, probably 50% there. They have most of the structure up. They have it like cob insulated for the rocket area, yeah, um, I just have to put the core in and uh, kind of seal it up.
0: And, and they kind of did a cool thing with putting in some of the insulation. Did you did you get involved in that at all?
1: No, I but I watched. Is that like it's all cob <laughs> on the inside of the paneling? Mm. Okay.
0: So so they're trying to do slip straw. Okay, and they and they they were eyeballing my bales of straw, which are like stop looking at my straw <laughs> that straw is expensive straw it's all organic and i had to store it move it and store it move it and store it and so stop that's precious straw you don't to do slip straw, straw from to do slip straw you don't need such precious straw you know what we have a lot of around here and this is where it gets really funny oh that's right did they use the, the naple? they
1: did <laughs>
2: I am,
0: yeah, I am looking forward to seeing how that turns out. Yeah, that is pretty cool. Because, uh, yeah, we get a lot of napweed, and then it's a, there's always concern when you use it as a mulch is, are the seeds going to pop open and, you know, make more napweed? Hmm. But um,
1: No, they got it when it was flowering, though. I think they got it before it went to seed, so that's pretty interesting. I've still been, been pulling out of the ground, and I'm like... What are they doing over there?
0: Yeah. Yeah, we pulled up a whole bunch of napweed. We set it out in the sun to get nice and crispy, taking advantage of those hot days. Mm. And uh, and then we uh, did slip straw with it. That's and where it so, all went. So let's see how well we can do it. Now, i got to say that for this project, the rocket-assisted solar food dehydrator, the mission that I put in front of Uncle Mud is, okay, we've already got a giant solar food dehydrator. Uh And, you know, whenever you build much of anything, you start getting all these what-if ideas, like, you know, could we make it... Like, what's the weak point on this that we can fix and improve? And so I kind of thought it might work about 20 to 30% better if the glass was about 20%... Maybe, maybe even more steeper, uh-huh. and so, um, so mud, so anyway, mud and I had a long, long talk about possible ways that this could be better. So, so it's kind of like, all right, we want it because our current giant solar food dehydrator
1: prefer, performs quite well. What is it like a forty-five degree angle? It looks like it. So maybe bring it more to like a thirty. Well or a sixty
0: depending on what part yeah. you're measuring from. Sure. Yeah, yeah. Um but steeper, you know, and so it is. It's like about a sixty now. And Mud could tell us details about what is the exact angle. He had some ideas about exact angle. Um but the the idea was is that using solar only, we want can we make something that performs even better than the current Giant, because our original idea was is like let's modify the existing one, Mm -hmm. and then I started thinking like, you know, it'd be even better having
1: a second one. Yeah, because sometimes projects get started and then you don't have any solar food dehydrator,
0: or you start running out of space in one solar food
1: dehydrator and you need more, which we we did have did happen a couple times during the events. We have stuff going in and. Who's says this stuff? Get this out of here. It's done. <laughs> we need the space, man. Yeah. <clears throat> so,
0: made a bunch of improvements to this design just for the solar food dehydrator aspect. Uh-huh. And we've already started work on augmenting it with a rocket mass a rocket mass assist so i don't know if i want to call it a rocket mass heater assist maybe that would be appropriate but a rocket assist just the,
1: funneling that hot air through the channel so you don't have to rely so much on the sun is that the idea
0: the idea is is that the exhaust gases from the rocket mass heater would not touch any of the food okay. it would it would heat the mass that is inside it cuz there's like with the with the uh, the one we have now the solar food dehydrator we have now there's this big open space under the ramp Uh and so then what mud has done is basically like okay I'm going to heat the ramp and I'm also going to put the duct into the glass area Uh to kind of heat the stuff under the glass Uh and then exhaust it out up above that so that way it could be heating that air more immediately.
1: Yeah, I think that's that's a pretty good way to give it a boost. But, See that working.
0: So around here, if you're in the middle of the summer, you have very long days, great for drying stuff, and we do that. Uh-huh. And then as you get into September, like September 21st, when you're harvesting, then your days get more to be 12-hour days, 12-hour nights.
1: Yeah, and you don't get that long... 16-hour sunny day,
0: and then and the nights cool off.
1: Yeah, it'll get down to probably 40.
0: Right, I think around September 21st, it's when we might see our first freeze. Okay, and so um, it used to be September 1st, and people have a theory about why that uh-huh. changed. You know, but skipping past that, yeah. <laughs> I think that uh, the important thing is, is that. The nights will become longer and the days will become shorter. And so, um, if you're trying to dry something and it's nighttime and the solar thing doesn't do so good, uh-huh. and so you could give
1: it a little rocket boost. Plus, since the airs are usually pretty dry, moving, just moving that, that dry air through would help a lot. It doesn't even have to be super hot, but more airflow. Wow. Yeah. Wow, wow.
0: Yeah. Just more airflow, and then even after the fire goes out, it would still be like let's say for the first hour, you get the temperature up to the air temperature up to 120, and it's dark, uh-huh. and then um, and then the fire goes out, and then the temperature drops down to 80. Well, if the outdoor temperature is 40, it's still the air is still moving, yeah. and so the the air is going to move probably for hours because it's going to continue. Well. In fact, on in September, your evening temperature is more likely to be like sixty right, and then the temperature indoor in, inside that ramp might be something like ninety and then it runs for a few more hours and now the temperature outdoors has gotten down to like let's say fifty uh-huh. and then the temperature inside might be seventy because the mass is still warm. It's still so the air might keep moving all night long. I think Michael Richie has a song about that. Maybe I'm thinking of somebody else. That's that's another That's, that's a different song? Yeah. <laughs> it wasn't about drying fruit or something? No, okay. Sure. Okay. Um, so uh I kind of feel like this is an amazing idea. Mm-hmm. And I mean like it's it's I mean like you've you've used the rocket oven quite a few times. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. I mean if you're gonna just do one batch of wood in that I mean we're talking about something that you could wrap your fingers around pretty easily i mean the amount yeah. of wood is tiny and mm-hmm. trivial and on top of that you know it's like oh here look at all this paper stuff that accumulated that over the last so week that we got to get gotta rid gotta of get rid
1: of yeah and so it's and like one, one burn is if if you really wanted to pack the mouth of the heater and just it, it would burn for a good 20 30 minutes just
0: leave it alone and then you walk away from it and then it's like, okay, well, I gave it a boost, and I'm walking away. It's going to do whatever it's going to do, and it might be sufficient to keep the air, keep dry air moving all night long. Uh-huh. So um I think it, it's a, it, it's a, it's an idea. I'm really excited about it. I'm looking forward to seeing it does. Okay, <clears throat> the next thing. Liberate a rocket mass heater in woodshop. So we've got a rocket mass heater in the woodshop right now. Yep. And so that one is going to be uh we we bought a testometer, so it's going to get thoroughly tested because Fred has some theories about the one that's in there now, which oh, it's is going to get
1: tested before we do anything.
0: Right, okay. right. So it's called a cottage rocket style. This is Mud's design. Um I'm thinking that it's performing poorly and it needs to come out. And yeah, Fred it says it doesn't work as well as some others. And Fred insists it works great when you just straight shoot it outside, but we're running it into that other barrel Mm. as a stratification chamber to get to squeeze a little more heat out of it yeah and he said now it's kind of you know the draw has slowed down it's it's finickier and that's probably why we're not getting as clean of a burn as we demand out of our rocket mass heaters
1: it's a bit of a different design from from the others around here it has like an internal movement, and then goes into another barrel, and then goes up the chimney. So it's it's a lot of winding that it might be. Right.
0: Yeah. Now, it's it's a creation from Uncle Mudd, uh-huh. and I think he built that one four years ago. And it's the cottage rocket design, and he has improved it dramatically since then. Yep. Um, but, you know, I'm kind of thinking, like, let's retire this, and if we want to, we can build it to Mud's new standards. And maybe it'll perform five times better. I think I think based on my conversations with Mud that by implementing his new improvements, it'll perform about five times better. And right now, you know, like Fred says, it performs fine.
1: Yeah, it does the job. It's it's a bit finicky to get started, from what I saw in the winter.
0: And I don't like finicky to get started. Yeah. I I feel like we got to have you know ace rocket mass heaters here, Uh or else... And I'm all for experimenting, but if they don't... If the experiment doesn't work, then we got to replace it. All right. So the key is, is that Sky Huddleston, who has the Liberator rocket mass heater, which is a commercial rocket mass heater, Uh a UL-listed rocket... I should say it's a rocket heater. It doesn't come with a mass. Um... It's a four inch system with metal, but apparently it's got, um, a ceramic fiber core uh-huh. lining the interior of the core now. This is a new feature in the new, like, Liberator 2. And on top of that, his sales are so good that he is, um, that he's
1: getting a bigger factory. Wow. That's, that's pretty exciting.
0: Yeah, I'm, I'm, uh, and so anyway, he's going to give us one.
1: That's so, even better.
0: Yes. <laughs> this is like, I think he sells them for like $1,200, $1,400, something like that. Very nice. And so yeah, that's very, very cool. Oh. And he's going to stick around and, um, do builds for the entire event. That's really cool. Because I can't help but think that just simply putting the Liberator into, uh, the wood shop, I mean, I don't think that's going to even take a day. Um,
1: I guess. Probably not, because we already have the chimney and the thing to sit it on, so just... Just put it in place. Is it the same footprint? I assume it's I think it's
0: smaller. Um, I think it's a four-inch system. And it's, uh, it's the full deal. Like, like there's no barrel. It's got its own barrel-like thing that is not a barrel. It looks pretty. It looks like a, an elongated egg. Okay. But it is a four-inch system. And one of the things that we're going to get to here in a moment is the Red Cabin, which has a four-inch system. And I'm thinking, like, okay, we've experimented with four-inch systems enough. I want to take it out and, um, and put in a six-inch system because, just reaching down the wood feed of a four inch it's system j tube yeah yeah and um and I've got giant hands have you tried doing it you, you must have tried doing it
1: yeah for the six inch system I can <clears throat> I can reach some of the like the back of the burn chamber okay and like under the under the uh the riser the riser yeah uh, just to clean it out but it's tight it's it's not
0: And a four-inch system, I can't, like, I I can kind of fold my hands up enough to squeeze down a four-inch system. And then you're like, help! But I can't, (laughs) like, get any ash out, you know? It's like, so And that's kind of what you need to do. Is like, usually every day before starting the fire, you get out a little scoop of ash. And it's kind of like, well, and you can make a device that can kind of help you with that. And we have, like, because of the PDJ, we now have, like, six, I think. I've seen them run.
1: They're not the prettiest, <laughs> <laughs> but they're functional. <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah. So um, I think you got to have one that's functional before you can make one that's beautiful. Uh-huh. As a general rule of thumb.
1: Yeah. That's
0: yeah. Um, so all right. Uh, so the Liberator Rocket Mass and it operates in a different way is what I'm trying to say. It's a four-inch system, uh-huh. but it's got like a little door to get to the ash. Okay. Yeah. Uh-huh. And but you can feed sticks or pellets. And Mud really wants me to go get a couple of sacks of pellets so we can see the pellet thing doing its magic. But I kind of feel like the moment you start doing pellet stuff, then you're kind of back on the grid. And I kind of feel like I'd like to reduce my grid. Let's dry big sheaths of napweed. <laughs> <laughs> I was kind of wondering, what would happen if you fed napweed into one of those pellet machines? I don't know what would that be like because I think it might have some volatile oils in the
1: napweed. I guess we could find out. That would be pretty awesome. I mean, grab a handful, see how it see it's the, the, the I mean, so so
0: napweed is the bane of the existence of Montana and mm-hmm. several other states in the region, and it kind of seems like wouldn't it be awesome to find a function for napweed, and then uh, so I don't know. I, I think that'd be that'd be amazing. Mm-hmm. All right, so. Uh, I kind of wonder if we could gather a bunch of napweed and, like, somebody's got a pellet machine and we could feed it and see what we, see how that stuff is and then put it into the liberator with the pellet feeder. That would be cool. That would be a cool experiment. Okay.
1: Moving, moving along. Solarium rocket mass heater. So, hey, have you seen that Solarium yeah, there, Kyle? It's coming together. Got some timbers, timbers up. Um, so, where is it going in that? It's in the garage right now, but to be the solarium on i'm i'm gonna i'm gonna give you a hand gesture which doesn't to make it to the pod eastern world over wall. that side okay. <laughs> so the solarium is on the southern end of the our we call the library and garage
0: which makes sense a solarium should be south right.
1: facing and so it's going on the east eastern wall, yeah, in the solarium portion or in the yeah okay
0: yeah in, no no wait not in the solarium portion, but in the in the garagey in the portion, room. okay, yeah. All right. Yeah, and so it'll be pebble style. Hmm. Um it'll also uh use a puppy burner. So I'm I think I'm ordering the puppy burner today. I finally I've been exchanging emails for the last week and a half. I don't think I've seen one of those before. Have you seen the rocket mass heater in the Fisher Price house? Yes. So you've seen a rocket mass heater with a puppy burner, but of course the puppy burner is kind of hidden inside of it. Okay. Um, uh, there is, if you look at the new rocket mass heater for DVD set, so better wood heat. Mm-hmm. Um, I believe it is the third, the third, yeah, the third, um, the second and third. Uh, DVDs. The second the second DVD, I think, is all about pebble style, which the rocket mass heater in the Fisher-Price House is pebble style. Mm-hmm. So you'll see it kind of coming together and being built. Um, and the third DVD is about shippable cores, which shows the puppy burner style being prepped to go into. In fact, I think that when they're building it, I think that part of the video looks to the east. Mm-hmm before the the hugo culture is there, huh? which is kind of a novel thing to see, so yeah, yeah,
1: seen before times so what's what's unique about the puppy burner what what is it it somehow <clears throat>
0: this moldable ceramic fiber mm-hmm. seems to be by far the best high temperature insulative material, and so um, you were here at a time when we were running the rocket mass heater here in the Fisher Price House mm-hmm. and you lived in a teepee for a while I believe you ran the rocket mass heater there quite a bit yes okay often. yeah and I imagine that you've run some other rocket mass heaters here yep would you say that the Fisher Price House was the easiest to use
1: it was it was good I liked it <laughs> um I mean I didn't use it a lot but uh how this uh, was an often uh, often contributor to the heat here so
0: okay so um, I guess alright I guess the thing that, the thing I believe mm-hmm. is that of all the rocket mass heaters we have here and or uh, have had so everything that's been through as and, and then retired as well as everything that's still in operation I think it is by far the best that it is the easiest to light, it has the strongest draw, everything about it is the best. Everything you want from a rocket mass heater, it's the best. And it's it's the puppy burner style, and so it gets its name because there's a kind of a trough shape that um, apparently is used for um, small animal crematorium, <laughs> and that's what this little thing is made for something like
1: that
0: (laughs) yeah yeah and and so and and so we bought one and then we put some fire brick in it and around it and under it and and um it's just worked really well okay it's been a a big champion so it's kind of like all right let's let's do some more of that
1: it's going to go in the song the solarium
0: right right puppy burner so it'll basically be pretty much identical to the best rocket mass heater that we have Mm -hmm. in many ways. Um, So that's what's going to go into the solarium. The next item on the list is the rocket sauna. Hey, have have you been there? A couple times, yeah.
1: (laughs) We'll be working there.
0: So then during the PDJ, uh, we decided to take our skittable canning kitchen, and whip it into a rocket sauna. Mm. And so the walls got put up and the doors got put in. I imagine you were in charge of the doors.
1: Always. I always end up in charge of the doors.
0: I don't know. Uh, What is that? You are the doormaster.
1: Right. So uh, me, Eric, uh, occasionally Grayson, some other people, um, we did all the the framing and the paneling and then got the rocket core from Rudd, who we put together, brought it up there, put it in, made a chimney hole, did all that. So now it just needs a, uh, a rerun the chimney under the benches, which I think it built, um, have it the chimney come right up next to the barrel to get that nice draw effect from the initial
0: heating from the, up. From the tertiary heat. Yep. Yeah. Um, the the ter- tertiary thermosiphon, that yep. is the vertical exhaust.
1: Um, I think that might be... All that it needs.
0: So yeah, it's gonna. So basically, the rockety part is in there now. Yes, but it's just a straight shot. But if you're in a sauna, you're gonna have to stand or sit on the floor. Uh So um, we kind of. So basically, the idea is like, let's run ducting to kind of put heat underneath the to put heat underneath the um, benches. Right. And then uh, the benches will get hot we're talking about the Rocket Mass Heater Jamboree. Do you want to get in on this? And so sure. Lulu's here. She's chewing. <laughs> yeah, and so um Lulu's been helping with getting all the instructors lined up and and what are the priorities for the different rocket mass heater builds and um you know getting the whole event off the ground. <clears throat> and she happened to stop by.
2: Wow, hey guys. It's really great to be
0: here. <laughs> <laughs> so we're up to the part of talking about the sauna, and um, but anyway, I think I think that you know adding benches and ducting to heat under the benches. I think that's all we need to add. Oh, on the vertical? Well, no, the vertical exhaust is already
1: there. Yep, just gotta rerun and reroute. I guess I don't know. We do a loop or yeah. a back and forth.
0: Like It'll be a back and forth, and so there'll be ducting that'll be routed under the benches and then back and then we'll do um, a vertical exhaust. And, of course, we're not going to do any mass because we want to heat the space as fast as as we possibly can. Because if it's like zero degrees Fahrenheit outside, and you're going to try and do a sauna...
1: You want to get hot fast.
0: Yeah, and you don't want to... Having residual heat Person
1: cooker, not a rock warmer.
0: (laughs) Yeah, yeah. All right, the next item on the list is upgrade the rocket mass heater in the red cabin. Now, it's possible that we'll get the Bulgarian... Rocket mass heater. So it's kind of like the Liberator, but it's in Europe. It's called Gamera. Huh. And so um, it's very pretty looking. And I think it's a 6-inch, but I'm not sure. Maybe it's a 5-inch.
2: Mm-hmm. What's it look like on the inside? Uh, probably, probably a metric. The, we don't know. <laughs> yeah,
0: it's probably something metric, right. And so um, I've seen pictures of it. Okay. Um, modified to fit a mass. And then the the two guys that are in charge of that company in Europe were going to come out here and be instructors for the whole event but uh the United States of America said no you're not mm-hmm. <laughs> you guys might have the covids we're not we just can't be sure enough so i guess the borders are all super locked down and they can't they can't come
2: mm-hmm.
0: so um damn are they going to send us bits what an amazing Together? question. Um, apparently, Uncle Mudd has been talking to him every day, mm-hmm. um, asking him that exact question, and it sounds like... Maybe, but I mean, the government thinks that it might be in that, that, that the the rocket mass heater itself might be infested with COvids you know, it could be yeah, yeah. so and,
2: so the way that the the red cabins is right now, it's a pebble system yeah. under the bed, right, yeah, okay, yeah, would that continue or is that-
0: yeah, no, we'll leave okay. that there. We might possibly add some more rocks, and by adding some more rocks, it means that we might take that lower bunk and raise it up. Like four inches. So, so we'll, we'll make the mass a little more massive. Maybe we're, we're currently talking about, you know, that's a, that's on the maybe list. But the thing is, if the Gamera doesn't arrive, then I think we just need to put in a six inch system. So I think that the design there is pretty good, Mm. but we're learning four inch just four inch j-tube just sucks you can't you get your hand, hand, hand down on it to out. clean it
2: it's really hard
0: and so it's kind of like all right let's switch it out to being a six inch system and maybe we'll stick a puppy burner in there too although puppy burner is kind of designed to go with an eight inch system and an eight inch system would be way oh, too wait. big for that okay
2: there. so what did we decide the puppy burner is what is that I thought we were confused We went over this already. Yeah. <laughs> oh, okay, yeah. okay, I missed it. I'll just listen to the to the show. Whole thing. Yeah, okay.
0: Okay. there you go. So the thing is, is that it's so big, I don't think it would do well hmm. with a six-inch system. It's a small space. Yeah. And, yeah, an eight-inch system would be just... It would get way too hot, way too fast in such a small space, yeah. So an eight-inch system... I mean, we... This is a an 8-inch system that's restricted here in the Fisher-Price house. So its wood feed is 35% smaller than the original 8-inch system, and it heats this house magnificently. And so um now if it was a full 8-inch system, I suppose it might heat this house 35% faster or 40% faster or something like that. And then we would like reload it uh, 40% less often maybe Mm -hmm. that might be kind of nice that could be worth looking into Um, but like let's talk about the red cabin and I think that if we don't get the Gamera system let's put in a 6 inch pebble style there that's kind of like there. but the only thing is about the style that was made that's there now the sides get hot Mm. and I kind of feel like the solution is to put it inside of something that will hold sand and so give it, like, three or four inches of sand around the burn tunnel. And and sand is an awesome insulator. Mm. And that will be plenty sufficient. And sand is really free. Mm. <laughs> and, just happen to have lots of it. And mm. we just happen to have lots of it. So um, I'm thinking, like, we've got a couple of different plans. And by the time that the event starts, we'll have figured out whether or not there's a Gamera here or not. Right. And then we'll make plans accordingly. Um, all right. Next up, uh, Rocket Cooktop. Rocket cooktop with a Lorena option in the outdoor kitchen. So Lulu, you're staying in Allerton Abbey right now.
2: Yeah, I am.
0: And there's a cooktop in there, there a rocket is, cooktop. Yeah,
2: glass cooktop.
0: And and is that like okay?
2: It's it's cool. The thing, the thing that I've been thinking a lot about recently is like in the winter you're you're lighting the cooktop to cook, but it also gives heat to the house. You know? It's
0: not supposed to It's not supposed to. But Of course, like if you were to cook something on the cooktop and, and on an electric cooktop right. it would also heat the house.
2: Right. And so it's it's really cool using the cooktop because of the like different areas of the cooktop have different heat levels. Right. Um so that was a little surprising because I've never seen anything like that before. I think the that's how
0: all end. all wood stoves work. Cool. Okay. Like the wood cook stove.
2: I've never, but I've never had a wood stove in my house before, so I've never right. had the pleasure. You've
0: always had a knob.
2: A uh, knob, and exactly. And uh,
0: you set the knob to medium.
2: Exactly. Yes.
0: And this is more like you build a fire, and now there's a right. hot spot and a warm spot, Let's and turn a all the burners on at once. And right. Choose which one works. we want. Right. Well, it's like you'll turn all the burners on at once. One of them is set to freaky high, mm-hmm. one of them is set to medium high, one of them is set to medium low, and one of them is set to simmer. And then what you do is, is rather than fiddle with the knobs, is is you move your stuff around. So freaky high, that's where you boil your water or bring your soup to a boil quickly.
2: Right. And, and then and then like adding wood, you know, you just have to be careful careful of. If- Right. We already have enough wood in there. Sometimes we add too much wood, and then it's like, oh
0: crap! It's just a different way of thinking, right? And um, and it's it's fine. I I i if you've ever seen like the first or the first or second episode of the Beverly Hillbillies, it's got Granny cooking by like I don't know how they figure these things work. I put all the wood in, and it made so much smoke. It's not vented right, and it's like. Uh, you know, and then the the cooktop wouldn't even heat up a little. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's it's, it's, <laughs> yeah. it's a different way of thinking. Yeah, it is. Yeah, and so you, but you get used to it.
1: So to bring back, what's different about this cooktop?
0: So we'll have a cooktop much like what we're talking about that's at Allerton Abbey and we got another one at Cooper Cabin. I imagine uh-huh. you've used the one at Cooper Cabin. Yes. It's very yes. successfully. Okay. And um this one's gonna have a Lorena option. Mm. And so basically we'll have a metal plate that'll be there and it'll work just like the cooktops that both of you are used to. Mm. But if you pop out the metal plate, there will be a pot that will fit down in the hole. And the idea is is that You put the pot in there and it goes down, um, like about two thirds of the way. And now the pot, the bottom of the pot is sitting even closer to the burny bits. Mm -hmm. And so, um, the, the heat that comes out of the top of the riser will hit the bottom of the pot and the heat will then surround the sides of the pot before going up and out through the, over to the cooktop and then out through the exhaust. So the idea is if you've got a pot that's full of something, it will heat what's in that pot like four or five times faster. Yeah, that's nice. Yeah, and so, I mean, like right now, it's possible to get the um, rocket oven up to temperature about um, twice as fast as our electric oven. And so, um, and I think that with some modifications, our current rocket oven could probably be even five times faster. You
1: do it very fast. If you have little tiny like matchsticks, yeah, get right. them hot, throw them in there. But currently,, the yeah,
0: the wood feed on that is Ooh. stubby, mm-hmm. really and it's six inch it's a six inch system. What if we had a full height wood feed That's with a full height riser and an eight inch system? Now, <laughs> yeah, yeah, you could probably you could probably get it to be two or three times more that's than what you could pizza. do now.
1: Yeah, that's a good pizza. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So this is going by the Red Cabin, where the outdoor kitchen is planned to go.
0: Right, we're planning on putting an outdoor kitchen in there, and so uh, a rocket cooktop with a full size J tube. So it'll, it'll be our first J tube rocket cooktop. Um, and uh, the, so the J-tube will be probably like the wood feed will probably be at ground level mm-hmm. so that the wood will go, like there'll be a hole in the ground. Right. And so that way you can have a full size, a full height riser. Yeah. It
1: gets tall. Yep.
0: Yeah. That's the reason why it's so stubby with the rocket oven. Otherwise, the rocket oven would be way up in the sky. And it's <laughs> like, this is an awkward oven. I don't like it.
2: Would you need to feed the chimney of that J-tube out through the ceiling? Or would it, since it doesn't produce any, like, you know, particulate smoke, it doesn't really affect the air? You know? I
0: I would still want to mm-hmm. vent it outside. But, I mean, we are talking about an outdoor kitchen, so it's completely right. an open-air kitchen. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot we can kind of get away with. Like the Lorena, I don't think I would want a Lorena option indoors. 'Cause there's gonna be a little bit of leakage around oh, the pot. That makes sense. Yeah. And so but this is an outdoor kitchen and so we can get away with it. Hmm. And so I, I'm kind of I'm excited about this. Um we have tried to uh do Lorena stuff here before and um I think that uh our builders have gotten distracted by shiny objects because like when the when the event gets going then um, in the past we would do the innovators event. And, right. and it's like, what are you going to innovate? Uh, Lorena. And then it's like, changed my mind. There's a <laughs> gonna, over here. <laughs> yeah. Found a shiny object. Yeah. I get to innovate whatever I want to innovate. So <clears throat> this time, hard focus, Lorena. And, and we're going to learn all about it. We're going to build experience with it. It'll be awesome. All right. Uh, next up, rocket oven in the outdoor kitchen. And this will be a whole new build. Mm-hmm. So we'll end up with two rocket ovens. Um, I believe that the rocket oven we have now is rocket oven number three. And really? I thought it was number one. No, it's, it's number three. And basically when number one was built and then there was a question about, like, hey, I'm going to make another one. And it's like as long as you don't strip number one for parts, I'm cool with that. And they're like, I would never (laughs) do that. And that's, of course, that's exactly what happened. And then the same thing happened going from number two to number
1: three. Which is why we do And
0: and so I feel like I'm going to have to go down there every 40 minutes or so and say, don't you be looking at that number three over there. No, that's got different plans. Stop. Stop looking at that. (laughs) Like that.
2: Will it be the same sort of design or... Like, are you looking at like revamping
0: the hole? That is, that, that is a beautiful question. I do know that I want to do the full sized mm-hmm. J tube on it. And, and so for all the reasons. Um, and because it's going to be a permanent location, we can dig right into the dirt there and do That's that. True, yeah. And, um, but it's like, what would it be like on the inside? I imagine we're going to go with cob.
2: Cob on the inside, like
0: cob on the outside. Because like right now, the one we have is like semi weather resistant. Emphasis yeah. on semi. All right. Well, because
2: yeah. the cob's not
0: sealed. Because it's got cob on the outside right. and it's not entirely sealed. Okay. And so I, you know, so I kind of feel like whenever it starts to rain, we gotta you know shuffle it indoors right. because of the exposed so cobby bits. Could,
1: we could bulk up significantly and make it more like something you might see in like a pizza oven type big stone thing. True. But we'll put a layer of
0: insulation. I think the cob would be mostly ornamental. Mm -hmm. So you're Um, thinking like
2: masonry, like actual... Well,
1: necessarily masonry, but in the same idea of this is an enormous thing that we can get really hot and do a lot of stuff with. That's what I
2: was going to ask, is like the actual oven space. You know, this one's... We can fit three pizzas in the one we have now. Right. Because there's three metal, shelves.
0: I think that part will be pretty much the The same. Same. Okay. Yeah. Only it's like the exterior of the one we have now is kind of a galvanized metal, which Mm -hmm. I do not care for galvanized anything. And so I kind of want, you know, but so a cob, on the other hand, would be beautiful. Mm -hmm. I love the idea of seeing something cob there.
2: Yeah, that'd be cool.
0: Yeah. All right. Next item. Rocket forge. Um, and our rocket forge has some requirements. One is, is that you need to be able to insert steel into it. So, like, for when we're making our swords for the upcoming wars. So, um, actually, it seems like a lot of times when you're working with steel, um, you need a forge, and then you'll you'll insert a chunk of steel in somehow, and then you bring it out and you beat on it. Hmm. Right. So there's that kind of forge. But there's also the kind of forge where it's like, I'm going to take... 200 aluminum cans and smash them and put them in here.
1: Up I I fill it and
0: use it for something later, or right, make okay. a, an ingot. Cool. Yeah, I have a crucible in there and pour that oh. into a form, yeah. and then I'll have all these aluminum ingots. Mostly because it's cool to have aluminum ingots, <laughs> but also because um, I think that there's a lot of cool stuff that we could do. Uh, I mean once we've got once we've got the aluminum ingots there's other things we can make out of it
2: How do you get the molds? You make,
0: you make them. I mean there's a lot of different ways you could do it. I mean one way is is that you just take a whole bunch of sand and then you're like I want to make a Lego ingot and then you just smash your giant lego into the sand oh, okay and then you might uh spritz it with a little bit of oil okay yeah. um but you know maybe not maybe pour it could come out sandy there, looking and, it, and then yeah you just cool. pour your hot metal in there cool yeah there's other ways too where you've got this kind of styrofoam looking stuff and you bury it entirely mm-hmm. and you make like a little hole to what you buried and then you pour it into the hole oh, yeah. and as it hits the styrofoam that stuff goes pew- And it leaves behind the shape. And then you pull out this aluminum blob that's whatever that... So you can take your chunk of um, this styrofoam-like stuff, and you can kind of shape it into whatever you want. And then you kind of bury it. And then once it all cools, you pull it out, and you kind of cut off the piece where the aluminum went in. Cool. So I've done this a few times. It's fun. It's just fun, Okay. But if nothing else, we have seen an aluminum can or two pass through our greedy fingers. Mm. And this would be a form of being able to work with that. All right. We have done this many times. We have had great success. But, yeah, they've all been temporary. They've all been something we kind of cobbled together and we did uh, as a lark for a couple of days. And it's like we are way past due to make something very permanent, Mm. something that will last 20 years plus. So um, that's in the works. Uh, and item number nine out of just... We've only listed nine out of a couple dozen of projects. Oh, okay. Item number nine is the rocket mass heater in Bartel's bunkhouse. Oh, okay. And um, I think, Kyle, isn't that where you've been staying lately? Yep.
1: It's very nice in there. Um, I think it's weird in there. <laughs> it could use a heat source for the winter. Yes. It's coming. So. Yes. And that
0: space is so... I spent uh, half an hour in there trying to figure out... Where would we even put a rocket mass heater? And I think I picked a spot that sucks, but it sucks less than any other spot I could think of. And so I showed you a drawing of it and your it seems like your feedback was like I can't think of anything better than that.
1: <laughs> Unless, you know, you reconfigure the whole room and change where the bed is and it is a humble space. Uh-huh.
0: Yeah. And um so, yeah, I'm I'm thinking Cobb, a Cobb-style rocket mass heater 6 inch system, basic J tube, unless we come up with something else that we might want to put in there. Um there was some talk for a while that when the liberator goes into the wood shop, that the um cottage style that comes out of there might go in to um Bartell's bunkhouse. And um but I'm I think that that could work and be okay. I mean, Bartel's bunkhouse, I'm to- I'm told that, that the guy who built it uh, called it, it wasn't a Wafati, it was more like a Wamti. And the reason is, is because the amount of thermal mass is not as significant as a Wafati. So it does have a thermal mass around the building, and it's kind of Wafati-ish. Uh-huh. And so if you had a heat source in the middle of winter, it might kind of heat. Like, it might it might absorb the heat into the walls as is. But I still think you'd be putting a lot of heat outside if you did that. Yeah. And so I'd kind of like to capture more of that heat if possible. So, yeah. all right, that's our projects for the Rocket Mass Heater Jamboree oh in October. <laughs> Just a few weeks away. Um, I I think it sounds like we've got about forty people that'll be there now. I'm I'm staring at Lulu trying to. Yeah, she's nodding. I think okay. we have
2: a few tickets still for sale. Yeah. Um.
0: I'm gonna guess like six spots left, and I would have to go look at all the numbers to be sure.
2: Something like that.
0: Maybe we should announce that. But okay, so there's a few tickets left, um, and. Uh, So, and I think it's going to be a great crowd. I, and lots of instructors. Um, even the attendees sound great. Mm -hmm. A lot of the attendees are people that have been here before. Mm -hmm. Um, this is going to, I think it's going to be an amazing event. Um, we've got some new ideas on, uh, making, making the event even more magnificent. And of course, it'll be October, which should not have a series of 100 degree days. Man, um, uh, in fact, I don't think I asked either of you about this. I, I'm going to throw out a number, and then let's see if your number is different. I think that the heat sucked away 50% of the joy from the rocket mass heater jamboree. Um, what?
2: From the, you mean from the oh, permaculture? Oh, I'm sorry. Technology.
0: I'm sorry. From the permaculture technology jamboree. I think that the heat sucked away 50% of the joy from the permaculture technology jamboree, and mm. you're both there. Yeah. Do you have, I, I'm going to ask you to make up a number. Man. It, it could be a very stinky number fresh
1: from your uh-huh. butt.
2: <laughs>
1: so I was still around the, the joy from the PDC, so maybe it was only like 40% for me. I, okay. I cooked it's it through a bit. Because the PDC is just that good. pretty great. You yeah. Know.
2: Remember the PDC, also the first week was like cold and raining. Right. It was so nice. Yeah. <laughs> like, <had> <laughs> Nine. Suddenly it was like 100 degrees. Yeah.
0: yeah. Okay, 50, oh, Lulu. i always doing this. I do, I do. I'm a numbers person. I'm an engineer.
2: I, I know. I am not. Um, Part of
0: it is to make good estimates.
2: I'd say 50% is probably about right. I think I a lot of people just got burnt yeah. out halfway through the day. So. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, it would start getting hot, and everybody's slowing down. They're looking for yeah. shade. Like, I just got to go yeah. someplace a little cooler than this. This is brutal.
2: Instead of doing projects for the whole afternoon people... Would literally just go to the river the whole afternoon <laughs>
0: <Yeah>. <laughs> now we've got some ideas for people to cool off if it happens again next year, mm. and I mean, like we've come up with a lot of I think really cool ideas, but uh, i'm I'm really looking I kind of need this rocket mass heater jamboree just because I need it to not be so hot, and we're doing a bunch of cool builds mm. but the 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 we've got. Anyway, so Lulu, you know who we're talking to. I'm just saying we've got some big names with some amazing portfolios yeah. that um, we're still talking to, and we're trying to entice to come out here. And yeah. and yeah,
2: it, it looks is... like an awesome group, especially the instructors that we've recently had contact with. Just, uh, just really cool. Yeah. Yeah. It's be a, a powerhouse of design. It's
0: it's going to be quite the gathering of superheroes I am excited and uh and and yeah I've got tons to say about that group but we kind of need to get them nailed down first I don't want to you know yeah. spoil right. their whatever you know yeah
1: okay Anything else to add about the Rocket Mass Heater Jamboree? I mean, there's, you know, 20 other things to t- talk about, but not yet. That's true.
0: That's <laughs> true. A whole bunch of other stuff to, that's on the list to be built. Um, and uh, awesome. I want to talk about all those too. But for now, we just had a limited amount of time today and we got to get going, good moving on to other projects. But, um, if you like this sort of thing, come on out to the forums at permies.com where we talk about rocket mass heaters homesteading and permaculture all the time. Don't forget, go out to patreon.com slash Paul Wheaton and make a pledge for future
2: artifacts.